The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. The era of the guest continues today, Thursday, 12 days from the start of the NBA season. Welcome to the show. This is Fantasy NBA Today. I'm your host, Dan Bespris, and as we've been doing every day since I decided to do it, because <laughs> I'm the only person that has any say over what goes on on this thing, we open the show with a case, a cold case, an unsolved case. Today is your case to say okay to Carl Anthony Towns. There are a lot of reasons that Cat has been, I don't want to say slipping so much in drafts as just not quite the top five lock that he'd been in drafts for, geez, um... Three, four years in a row, probably. Maybe more. I've kind of admittedly lost track of time. This year, his ADP is 8.8. He is the eighth player, generally, taken in Yahoo drafts. So that ADP, as we know, tends to be ever so slightly behind where a guy is actually going. And he's the number eight player on Yahoo's pre-rank board. I'm here to tell you why that not only is fair, but might actually be just a tiny bit too low. First of all, he went, I think, eighth, seventh or eighth, maybe seventh in our nine-cat roto mock. Yeah, that was, uh, that was Matt Smith. He went seventh. Last year, Cat played 50 games, averaged 33.8 minutes per ball game, 24.8 points. Ten and a half rebounds, four and a half assists. Just under a steal, just over a block, 48.5% from the field, 86%. Pretty good volume, free throw shooter, a little over three turnovers, two and a half, three-pointers per game. That put him at number 12 on a per-game basis. We talk a lot on this show about the big drop-offs between individual players early in the draft, but it's not always uniform. What I'd point out is that the drop-off between Nikola Jokic to Steph Curry last year was basically the same as the drop-off between the the next trio, which was Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler. Kyrie was actually a little bit in front of those guys. Joel Embiid and James Harden and Kevin Durant. All of those guys were really clustered, especially the last four of those five I mentioned. Kawhi, Butler, Embiid, and Harden pretty much the same drop-off as between those guys and Cat last year. So there was kind of a first tier, Jokic, a second tier, Steph. If you want to put Kyrie in his third tier, that's fine, but he didn't play half, not half, 20 games. Kawhi didn't play 20 games. Butler didn't play 20 games. MB didn't play 20 games. Harden didn't play 35 games. Kevin Durant didn't play half the season. That entire group of guys that had a per-game ranking in what we might call the third tier, none of them played through the season. And then you get to Dame, Vooch, and Cat. 
And I know Cat had his own injury stuff last year, but those guys were the next tier down before another pretty substantial drop-off to Miles Turner, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Freddie Van Fleet, Giannis, Chris Paul, the list goes on and on. Guys get a lot closer, really, after Cat. Cat was basically the barricade last year between the first and any other first round and any other type of player. The case for Cat going forward is if to say, well, what makes us think that he can be better than what we saw last year? He has help on his team now, which could actually kind of send things both ways. Although it's worth pointing out that Cat has been this uncontested top three fantasy pick for multiple seasons in a row while never taking more than 18 shots per game during a year. How many did he take last season? 17 and a half. So it wasn't as though the usage for Cat fell off the map. It was a couple of other weird little footnotes that dropped him from that second tier down to kind of the fourth. Although if you think he's going to be healthy, and we'll talk about that in a minute, then you can make other arguments. Carl Anthony Towns... His career high in scoring came last year, 26.5 points per game. That was, uh, uh, I mean, he really only played a couple of ball games before getting hurt, and then he sort of got back into it, and, and nothing fully stuck. But he was number five on a per-game basis last season. Not, not, not this most recently completed one, but the one that was shortened that everybody we cut off in March. COVID-shortened season, not the planned shorter season. He was clustered with Kyrie Irving, who we talked about, Kawhi, Dame, who was just crazy that year. He did everything. And then those guys were all in a bunch together under James Harden and Anthony Davis. But those guys aren't there anymore. AD is not the runaway number one type of guy. Harden is not a runaway number one type of guy. Jokic is the dude at the top of that pile. Steph is the other dude, I think, at the top of that pile. And then you've got this big grouping and I don't see why Cat shouldn't be a part of it. I've made the argument on this show in the past that maybe his usage does take a very small hit, but I don't think it's going to be substantial. And if you look back even a year earlier, 2018-2019, Cat only took 17 shots a game that year, and where was he ranked? Number five, right in that second group of guys. Averaging 24.5 points per game, exactly what he did this last year. Three and a half assists per game, actually uh, at lower than what he's done the last two seasons. He's ratcheted his assists and turnovers have both gone up. Steals have always been right about 0.8, but in a full complement of starters minutes, he's actually been much closer to 1.4 blocks per game. And if you look at kind of the way things have, have trended for him, when he's been hurt, it's been the blocks that have suffered arguably the most, but also rebounding. His rebounding rate took an extraordinary hit the last two seasons. He went from a guy that was in the 12.5 range to 10.5. That's a really big deal. Assume he's playing most of a basketball season. You're talking about almost maybe around 150 rebounds over the course of a year. His field goal percent also took a hit last year, despite the fact that his shot profile from the previous season actually, I would argue, got better. He got closer to the rim and his field goal percent went down. So that's something that could just bounce back up all on its own with, again, better players around him and a healthy year. 
Would I advocate taking Cat like third behind Jokic and Steph? Probably not. I think when you look at what the guys are able to do near him in a draft, and again, just kind of going back to the, the pre-rank board, Harden has the ability, I would say, to, to go higher because this Kyrie thing is has really spiraled out of control. Um, KD, on a per-game basis, is almost definitely going to beat Cat, and then it's going to come down to who plays more ball games there. Embiid on a per game basis probably beats him, but I think we can safely say that Embiid's going to play fewer games if if Cat really is truly healthy this year. But who else is going in that range? Dame, I love Damian Lillard, and he is extraordinarily durable. But Cat has the better per game upside, and even if you put them neck and neck, fine. I mean, I could make a pretty reasonable argument that Dame could go third because of the health issue. But if rebounds come back up for Carl Anthony Towns to 12 over 10.5, if the blocks come back up to 1.4 instead of 1 or 1.1, and if the field goal percent comes back up near his career mark, or even slightly below it because, yeah, he takes a lot of three-pointers now, that would put it around 1 point, or field goal percent put it near 50, 50.5 instead of 48.5. That's a guy that then jumps up into that next cluster of guys, who, again, Kawhi Leonard, out for the year. Kyrie Irving, currently out for half the year. Jimmy Butler, nobody trusts him anyway. Kyle Lowry in town, although I love Jimmy. You don't have to take him fifth overall. Embiid, not going to stay healthy. Harden, yeah, I mean, the Kyrie thing. I think of all of those guys in that group, Harden's probably the one you can make the best case for because he's fit this year, generally plays through stuff. Not last season, he was huge. And they're dealing with the Kyrie thing. And then Kevin Durant is another guy you can make a case because just per game-wise, his ceiling is stratospheric. But I don't see why Cat shouldn't be in that group. And right now, it seems like he's one click below. I haven't seen too many drafts where Cat has gone before Harden or Dame or KD or Giannis or Luka. And I don't think it's insane so this is my case. I think I'm probably going Jokic, Steph, Harden as my top three this year. But that fourth pick, I think you've got a really good choice between Cat, Dame, and KD. I think those three guys all have a pretty good case for it. But I'm not actually trying to convince you to take Cat over Dame or Kevin Durant. Basically, at that point, I'm saying, hey, you're in pretty good shape either way. Do you think... Carl Towns is going to stay healthy this year. I think he's going to be mostly healthy. I'm sure they'll give him little breathers, although a lot of his stuff has been uh, hand-related. He's had hand things that have sidelined him. It's not all, like, leg mileage the way we thought it might be. And then Durant, off the injury, played in the Olympics, so on and so forth. Dame, so consistent. I have no problem with any of those three guys in that four, five, six. Whatever order you want to slot him in. The point of this opening segment was to convince you guys that Cat shouldn't be down in the next group with Tatum, Beal, to me, and Bede down in that next group. He should be one click above. So today's segment, the case for Cat in group three. Jokic one, Steph two. No one's got quite the upside of those dudes. But the Harden, probably above this, the rest of the group, but Harden, Dame, KD, Cat, which is exactly the other they went in in the industry mock, I think you could 
jumble that order almost any way you want. And if you think Carl Anthony Towns stays healthy this year, he's got as good a chance as any of those dudes of being the number three fantasy player by totals at the end of the year. Okay, we stayed positive here. The rest of the show might be a little bit more of a couple of haymakers. One of my favorite guests coming up here in about 25 seconds. But first, please, guys, I beg of you, this time of year, this is where I literally go full boys to men and get down on one of these puppies here. What do you call this thing? Oh, yes, my knee. And beg you, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. I really need it right now. I really don't beg for this very much. This is like the window where I'm doing 31 shows in 31 days. I'm putting my whole butt into this podcast this month because this is the time to do it. And so I just need you guys to do that one little thing back for me. Please drop a five-star review if you want to write something. You can write something funny if you want. I don't care. Uh, That's all awesome. Subscribe. Help us spread the word in October about Fantasy NBA Today. I will truly love you forever. And follow me on Twitter, at Dan Vespers. If you have any questions about the show, about the players we're talking about, and again, as the season progresses, once we get into this thing, instant reaction is the name of the game. You're not going to get that from this podcast, much as I love my own show and the sound of my own voice. Yeah, I love my own voice. You guys know that already. Twitter, I can get stuff to you quicker. I am at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S on social media. Hit me up about whatever. And by the way, if there's anybody listening to the show that's a DFS head, we really do need DFS people at HoopBall. I found out we lost a couple in the offseason, so hit me up about that. You can also email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. You'd be working under the magnificent Mike Patria and the spectacular Santino Cocone. Uh, but if you don't have their Twitter handles, just hit me up and I will connect you. A very special guest returns to the show, my good buddy, Joshua. Mr. Millman, what's going on? <laughs> I have to ready myself for that. I'm never I'm never fully ready. I'm never fully ready. How are you, man? How's uh how's draft I'm doing season? Great. I'm doing great. It's been overdue since I screamed at you. So <laughs> hasn't been that know, long nice, this nice... time. No, no, actually you're right. It hasn't. Just been a you know, a couple weeks or so. I know you've got other important business matters to get to, and you know, I kind of <laughs> fall down the priority list. It's okay, it's okay. I'm not bitter or anything this is a man who's looking at i i very rarely have my camera turned on while we're talking to one another uh without my ridiculous draft board backdrop but josh is able to see and i don't know if anybody that's listening to the podcast even remembers like three years ago when i didn't have that board behind me and bruce said there were teams aaron brewski there were teams in his like giant money leagues that were named dan bespris's unmade bed and so <laughs> and that, that's what's happening right now. Uh, how's uh, how's draft season going? You had any drafts yet, or only mocks so far? I, I've had. Um, I was in the Raz Jam draft uh, that uh, the big industry uh, draft with the the Raz Ball guys. So I did that one recently. But all of my main leagues are actually starting out uh, this coming week. Actually, uh, some of the uh, the cash games that Hoop Ball is putting on. And uh, I've got a couple of home leagues that uh, also are going to get started uh, over the next weekend or so. Yeah, well, one of those is a league we're in together. And I thought it might be kind of fun, and it's going to be a little clunky as a warning to the listeners. By the way, you can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Millman. Josh Millman. I know. J-O-S-H-M-I-L-L-M-A-N. At Josh Millman. You spell it, you find him. That's the rule 
among those of us who uh, just went with our own names. So what we're going to do here is for the league that Josh and I are in together, along with 10 other people, actually two of whom are also hoop ballers, my good buddy Andre and Greg Mraz, who hosts the Hoopball Bulls podcast. They're also in this thing. I'm going to be recording a video of this, of me randomizing the league, and then you guys will get the live reaction from both myself and Josh. And uh, then we're going to let Josh yell about the things he loves and hates about draft season so far. So that is... uh, I'm sure you got a few bullets in the chamber for that. No, there, there's. Uh, we're leaning towards anger for most of this night. I can because hoop ballers. I'll just tell you that of all the leagues that I do, this one with Dan is has confounded me the most. So we don't even ask why. It, it's a bizarre league. It's eleven categories. But it's the bizarre. First year, the first year that I did it, I, I noticed that you know most of the league treated it almost like a modified eight cat. They would just went heavy on guards and things of that nature. And here, idiot me was like, well, I'm just going to pivot. Why don't I just go after and attack the bigs? I'll go, you know, load up on boards and blocks and field goal percentage. And I got my tail kicked by doing that. And then the next year I said, no, lesson learned. Um, I am not going to do that, but I landed the second pick. And, well, I looked at the numbers and I said, well, I guess it's got to be Anthony Davis. And Ooh. I got my tail kicked. <laughs> That's a big year so, for you. Yes, I know. So I, I really need to get my act together here because this is the one league that I am kind of embarrassed about. Mm. Perfectly honest with you. All right. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to turn on my recording software. And uh, I have a random.org page open, and we'll see how this whole thing goes. I've never done this many things at the same time that I'm actually putting out on an audio podcast. So I've started the recording. I've now taken the names from I've taken the names from our league homepage, and I've just cut and pasted them into this randomizer, all in an order. And now I'm going to hit the button. And you're you're in it, so you're a witness to the commissioner I doing this. Witness. I'm hitting the button yes. right now. Let's see where we end up. And if your room is any indication, this is going to be a disaster. Oh, come on. Dead last. Can you see that on your side? Nice. I am dead last. Oh, actually, I, I'm, I'm you're eighth. eighth. You're eighth. That's but actually not bad actually this year. I don't mind that. I actually don't mind that. I, I like that. That's exactly where I've been wanting to pick for most of the drafts. That's a great That's spot. Great. That's a great yeah, spot. That. You're going to have a lot of high volume guys left. Uh, oh, I, love that. I already know who I'm targeting. Oh, Thank God turn. for that. The turn. I'm actually good with like 10. The ones, but I didn't want like three and I didn't want the turn. I got to tell you, I, I picked uh, 12th in, in Raz Jam and I actually didn't mind the way my team shook out. How did it go? Who did you I, end up with? I, I started with Durant and Beal at the turn. Interesting. Uh, yeah. And, and the third round reversal is. Uh, they they do so instead of you picking last in round three you're picking first and then it goes back uh, around i got Lamelo ball uh in that spot uh hmm. rashawn holmes anthony edwards uh roco uh yaka Pertle, uh mike conley mitchell robinson tj mcconnell jay sean tate yeah i mean i actually really like that team you know where i uh, fear the turn I, I don't fear the turn first and second round i fear the turn three four and five six that's where I yeah, get that's, that's where I get jacked yeah. up because I have a queue. I usually build a queue that's only about seven or eight players long in like a the Vespers bucket mold, and then every once in a while 
there's a run where all those dudes get wiped out in like the nine picks before me. And then I'm like, all right, do I go 20 down my board here or what's my move? Well, you guys heard it. Live reaction. Dan randomized himself into dead last. (laughs) (laughs) God's honest. No no one in their right mind would randomize themselves last. So, you know, that Dan is an honest and trustworthy guy. And not just because I'm saying it, hoop ballers. Well, look, he really, he really <laughs> a is fellow hoop baller. No, no one keeps a bedroom like that, and and isn't an honor. That's dude. clean. That pile is clean laundry that Josh That's is looking laundry. at. Yeah, yeah, that pile is dirty laundry. <laughs> I know the difference. Uh, Andre, by the way, my but my good buddy Andre, part of our hoop ball um, community team, is eleventh. He's right in front of me, so oh, he'll God. be sniping all my guys on the way through. Uh, and then Greg Mraz who got the best spot of any hoop baller. He's fourth in this one. And it is a weird league. It's 11 cat. Uh, It is the worst practice ever for doing a mock for a normal draft because uh, every high volume guy goes off the board in the first three rounds. This is, this is bizarro league for sure. (laughs) It is. I love it though. It's a chance to get weird. It's it's fun. It's weird. And I'm I'm doing a lot of weird leagues this year that I, I didn't realize that I was kind of doing i've been doing a ton of best ball stuff which again shameless plug i uh, go get the the draft guide yeah ball.com uh, i did a little bit of a primer for best ball so if anyone is looking to do some i guess practice mocks i guess and throw throw some spare change down i, I want people to get into best ball so hoop ballers tell me yeah tell us great. more tell us more best, about best ball it's phenomenal it's it's a draft that's all you're doing you are drafting and then the site or the app does the work for you the rest of the way it optimizes your lineup for you automatically it takes out all of the guesswork of having to pick oh god do i pick this player with three games this week or that player with four games that week no you just draft your team you draft a pretty deep roster and then based on how they perform during the week, that the site slash app optimizes it for you. And huh. then whoever has the most points at the end of the uh, of the season gets to win. It seems oh. like totals would be a really big deal in best they ball are. leagues if you can't mm-hmm. sub out a guy who gets hurt. Totals are a big deal, but also you play the you got to swing for a little bit for the fences there. So it's one thing hmm. to be safe. But on the other hand, if you take a guy who you know has some upside and they hit, that's going to be a difference maker for you. Hmm. Maybe we should have turned. Maybe this podcast should have been a best ball podcast. I guess we can still do one of those. Yeah, we still do one but of those. I, but I don't, I want you to yell today. I want angry Josh. So. Angry Josh is still here. I I, <laughs> I I can't believe that I have to explain the rules of best ball to you, Dan. Not necessarily. Not, me- I, I actually do know what best ball is. I wanted oh, to make oh. sure that I didn't know if everybody did. I know there's a site. What is it? Is Sleeper the one that's become popular for NFL? Yes, yeah, Sleeper does it. I know DraftKings has it. Underdog is, is becoming right. Big, uh, yeah, you know, so they're, they're like pretty much almost exclusively like drafts. So it's uh, they're they're the. Uh, they're heavy, heavy on best ball. I know the uh, the Fan Bowl National Fantasy Championship site have them as well. So there, there's a lot of options. It's a way to get... It feels like almost a weird middle ground between DFS and full season. Because you only yes. do it once, which is like DFS, but it compiles over a full year instead of the extremely wild swings of one individual night. And you can have a lot of them, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, because yes, your you work do is done. Yes, you can as you want. Yeah, whatever you're whatever you're comfortable with in your bank account, you just draft away. It's mm. it's it's the best. You're bored. You have an hour to kill on a 
on a random work night. <laughs> what could go wrong? I'm gonna I'm gonna plop some money down and I'm gonna sit on my phone and do a draft. It's it's phenomenal. It feels like if you're a kind of person. I don't know if you remember Adrian Benjamins that used to be around here often, one of our good buddies. He did mm-hmm. like 40, 50, 60 mocks a year. That feels like the perfect. Yeah, he was the king of the mocks. He would, like, anytime I did one of those random Yahoo mocks, there'd be Adrian, like, sitting in, in, <laughs> That's in so the way. funny. <laughs> when you see a person you know in a Yahoo yeah. mock, that's oh, yeah, when you know. I know that guy. <laughs> you guys are all, you're so troubled that you're both in the same. I, that's hilarious. I he would have been a perfect for a best ball yeah, fanatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm. Okay, let's talk Josh Millman's loves and hates this fantasy draft season so far. And it doesn't have to be all of them. We'll, I'm sure we have things. We'll get into one, and we'll probably end up deep diving it a little bit. But you want to start with something, either a player or a situation that you've loved or hated so far this year. It could be a guy. It could be a scenario. Well, let's talk this out because I know this has been a hot topic of yours uh, amongst the industry. And even we just kind of alluded to it in the randomization is what the hell do we do in the late second, early third? I still haven't solved it. I haven't. Fi- I still haven't figured that out. So um, go ahead. You tee it up. Yeah. So yesterday I did like, well, I, I'm, I don't know exactly when this show airs. So on the uh, Tuesday episode of Fantasy NBA Today, I did like a 12-minute primer called The Case for Rudy Gobert. Um, <laughs> and But even that, you're like, there's all these downsides. You really do have to go into him with either Steph or Dame to cover his deficiency. That's mm-hmm. a big one. But yeah, other than that, like I don't feel comfortable taking Sabonis in there. I know everybody wants Sabonis, and I thought he did about as well as he could last year. Um seemed to be he hit his ceiling last year. But, I, I mean, it's not the worst pick over there, but I think that, yeah, you'd be getting him at his absolute peak. Do you agree with this statement? This is, the, this is where I've landed with this. There are six second-rounders and 18 third-rounders this year. I actually think that that's a pretty accurate statement. Uh, although the, the one player, and I, I mentioned his name before, the one player that I'm pretty much locked in on at this point is LaMelo Ball. And... I understand that the the trepidation that comes with just he's a second year guy and, you know, are we also drafting him at his peak? But, uh, you know, just in doing some of the rudimentary mathematics, it's, you know, he only played shade under 29 minutes a game last year. If the expectation is, well, it's now his team. So the minutes should be, you know, about, what, what do you think, 34, 35 or so? If we bump everything up by, say, like 18 to 20%, you're looking at a guy, if just if no improvements were made last from, from last year to this year, and you just increased his numbers by that percentage, then just by sheer, by sheer amount of playing more minutes, you're looking at a guy who could sneak into the top 30, just based on last year's numbers alone. I lay my fears about his percentages because they weren't good last year. All I'm saying is that, no, they're not great. I, I just think that he's got enough weapons around him to, I guess, be somewhat more efficient. And I'm just kind of banking on just the year one, year two growth. I, I, you know, I know that they're, the percentages aren't great. But at the same time, I actually think that they were better than what we had all collectively expected from LaMelo Ball. Yeah, he was amazing. You know, just he, Yeah, I, I, so the fact that he's, 
you know, it, even in the low 40s when I think entering in the big fear was, well, he's going to be below 40. And so now it's like, oh, okay, it seems like he's transitioned pretty easily that I think that there's room for growth. And, you know, now that he's got he's got a whole bunch of fun and gun guys around him. I just think that he'll get a lot of open looks if guys are, are too worried about, you know, him throwing up the lobs and things like that. I, I actually think that there's room for improvement, both both from the floor and from the strike. Let's play a little game. This is something I've actually wanted to do with all of my guests, and I keep running out of time for it, but but we do because we're sort of lasered in on this. We do have time Let's for it. I mean, play a game, Dan. Uh, I, I want to play a game. Oh, see, you are better at that than I am. I do, I do that to my wife sometimes. <laughs> She's not thrilled about it. Um, here are the folks with an ADP between 20 and 28. There's 1, mm-hmm. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 11, believe it or not, in that range, which tells you all you need to know. All these guys, right. there's more than eight of them. They're all clustered in there. I want you to tell me... How many of these guys do you think could, by totals or per game, I don't even care which one you go with, actually be inside the top 20? Like, basically, the game is, do any of these guys actually have the ability to beat their ADP? And some of them, the answer is yes, although their ADPs are on the move right now. So we have to, I'll try to put in a little disclaimer on that. Uh, Zach Levine is the first at 20.3 on a per game basis in nine cat. Can he beat 20? I'm going to go I'm going to say yes. Really? I'm a, I'm a no on yeah. that one. You're a no. You just think that there's too much crowding now. I actually think that he can. I just I, thought I he was he so good last year. What else can he do? I think that he can maintain that. I I I I think now that he's got a a pureish point guard in Lonzo who wants to get him the ball in open space. I I actually I I'm not going to lie. Maybe I have a little bit of recency bias. I was trying to catch a little bit of, of the preseason game and man i i just think that these bulls are going to be happy to play together i think levine is just I, I just think he's just a great basketball player i think that he can keep those games so i might jump on board with you on the total side because i think he is going to try to play through everything mm-hmm. so that they can get their way into the playoffs on the per game side i'm going to say no um uh, Eight cat per game, he was 16 last year. Nine cat, he was 25. Um, and he did close. miss some games. Yeah. He missed yeah. games with COVID at the end of the year. Otherwise, he was actually pretty healthy besides yeah. that. Um, so I'm going to say totals, I'll agree with you per game. I'm gonna, okay. I'll am gonna, i take so we'll the opposite the side. I think, that, I think his ADP is pretty fair right now. I actually don't mind him. I, I actually really like the next two. Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler. I'm going to go yes on both of these guys. Um, I would say yes on Bam for sure. Jimmy, um, I, I, I just, Jimmy always worries me. Because he's <laughs> I, gonna, I'm he, seeing the Seinfeld episode in my head when you're doing this, by the way. Jimmy, who refers to himself in the third person as Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, please continue. Per no, game and then total. I know that there's going to be anywhere from 15 to 20 games missed. Per game, he's, a, he's an absolute lock. But yeah. but the totals, I could see him slipping out of the top 25. I don't know what the hell this dude's doing in there. Russell Westbrook, can we just skip him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Demonis Sabonis, 21.4. Per game, I say no. Totals, I say... Potentially. Uh, I'm going to still say no. I, I will say also that I think Indiana has a potential for weirdness this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rick Carlisle, injuries... 
yeah, they just seem like a team just on paper that's in a bit of flux. Um, you know, now the and Karis Levert with the injury says he's fine, but I don't. You hear a stress fracture, fracture in your back that doesn't sound very good. Uh, Miles Turner's been in trade rumors for the past what, like two years? It's you know, I, if and and the East is loaded again. If these guys, you know, find themselves teetering at the end of. Uh, or towards the bottom of that that playoff race with dregs like Charlotte and, and Washington. I, I just wonder if there isn't a shakeup coming on that team. By the way, I should mention for the, the sake of this argument, um, while Simotis' ADP is 21.4, he's actually the first player that we've talked about that is outside the front 20 in total players on this board. So he's actually the 21st name on the list of ADPs. Yes, his ADP is 21.4. The last two guys, or last three guys, were basically all 21, even though they were 20, 19, and 18 going forward in actual draft order. Uh, Kyrie Irving is next. I think we can go ahead and jump over him for now. Freddie Van Fleet has an ADP of 24.2 still, but Josh, every draft I've done or seen, he's going at 18. Have you seen him fall outside yeah, the top I, 20? No, I, I have not at this point. I think he's within the top 20. If if that ADP is consistent in in Yahoo, you should be grabbing him for sure. Uh, Zion, 24.7. No. I'm going to go no on both. Let's get, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> then Lamelo, your guy Lamelo. Yeah, I, I again, I just... I. I believe in the talent at this point. You know, I, I think, again, he has room to improve in his shooting, but I just think that the sky's the limit for him. I think Charlotte's going to be a real fun team to watch. Yeah, that's a that's an I-want-to-watch-it pick also, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. So maybe I'm a, I'm being a little bit Homer-ish. Well, not really Homer-ish, but, like, just, you know, I, I'm excited to have him and just watch him fill it up, I guess. The My, my vote on LaMelo... <clears throat> I'm going to have to be the curmudgeon on this one, I think. No, oh, God, I love But La- I understand it. I love LaMelo. Watching him last year was so fun. He was a revelation. Yeah. But he shot 44.5% from the field and 77 at the free throw line. And so even when he was putting up gaudy numbers, he was still... <laughs> That's the baby. <laughs> uh, he was still outside LaMelo the top LaMelo is the 65. baby, yes. And you have the baby in the background. That was not a sound effect. That was natural... In Bespris household noise. I just, I don't, without him fixing his percentages in nine cat, I like he's going to have to go Westbrook style on the counting stuff to get into that 25 per game range. And it's possible uh, over his last 35 games last year, he averaged 18, six and six with almost two steals, but he was still shooting 45% from the field. He did get his free throw number up over 77 uh, I hate it, man. I really want, I really would love to have LaMelo Ball on my team this year. I just, I can't take him at 25. He, we're probably picking him at, at, at what his peak probably is. If we, if we're not expecting any improvements in those percentage, but I think he can get there. I mean, to go from 77 to maybe just the low eighties, I think will will is, is just enough to get him into that territory. Wouldn't it be fun if he did it to have him on your team and have him hit the mark? That's the true oh, yeah. cake oh, and eat sure. it. Yeah. Uh, next name on the list is Julius Randall. By the way, I'm a no per game and a yes totals for him being inside the top 20. But I am teetering on the brink of making him a no in both because the Knicks added a bunch of guys. Well, allow me to give you that opportunity to say no and no because I'm in the same camp. Nice. Uh, no and no. 
Uh, look, and, and again, Randall was amazing last year, but the question is, is the 41% from deep sustainable? Uh, is the, what was it, like eight, nine percentage point jump at the free throw yeah, line? Yeah, he was at 81, 81 last year. You know, a- after uh, spending his career at like the 73% mark. And, uh, you know, after playing a full season under Thibodeau, we know how that goes for some of these guys. That that There's a lot of wear and tear that comes with it, playing those heavy minutes. And, you know, it was clear that he was, you know, wasn't necessarily the same guy down the stretch. And in the playoffs, he was exposed. And and I, I just – now you add in Kemba Walker, who's going to want the ball in his hands at Madison Square Garden. Add in an Evan Fournier who, look, they're paying him to shoot and score. And that's going to take away field goal opportunities for Randall. Look, I, I still think that, that he's – kind of hovering around that like north of the top 50 maybe in the top in the 40s but like that's still a far cry from like the mid-20s ADP so yeah I mean I'm I'm fully with you on that last year went I thought as well as it could have possibly gone and he was number 16 by totals in nine cat uh 41 39 sorry per game in nine cat so if there's even the tiniest slippage in per game or games played he doesn't make top 20 on, on either side. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, screw it. I'll go no on both there, too. Yeah. Uh, Rudy Gobert, whose ADP is now 26. I've lost track. 21, 22, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. He's, now the, he's the 27th name on the board. His ADP is 26. I just made a 12-minute case for Rudy Gobert. I actually don't think he's going to be a top 20 per game guy. He was 21 last year, so maybe we're splitting hairs a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's been unbelievably durable three years in a row. While not playing that many minutes, 30 and a half. So they're not like completely running into him gra- into the ground. I'm going to say yes on totals and, I mean, coin flip on per game. Because he was basically number 20 last year. I, I'll, I'll be only slightly contrarian in the fact that the Jazz are pretty deep ball club. And they don't need to run him into the ground into the regular season. I think that these guys have proven that they can secure a top, I guess, three position in the West. And the West isn't as daunting as it was in the past. I mean, just, you know, uh, Denver doesn't have Murray. Uh, The Clippers don't have Kawhi. There isn't this juggernaut that they have to go to to secure one of those top seeds. So I'll, I'll play pessimist and just say that, I think Rudy's total games played come down a bit, and I don't think they need him nearly on the court as often to get to that kind of 52-53-ish win threshold to, to make them a safe uh, upper-tier upper, upper tier team. Last two names I want to throw out because these are really kind of the last two guys going in that range. Donovan Mitchell, his teammate on Utah, and DeAndre Ayton are the next two guys there. Um I'm going to let you go first on Donovan Mitchell and I'll go first on Aiden to split the split them up here. What do you think? Per I'll, game in total for say, Donovan. I'll uh, say Donovan, I'll say no per game, yes totals. So you think he stays a bit healthier this year? Cuz that had kind of been his thing. Hu- yeah, uh, yeah, he was pretty banged up uh towards the end of the year last year. Uh I don't know. I, I guess I, I think that he he did look pretty good before he got injured, and and his per game crept up. I think into that twenty ish range, but he's 
got a pretty big body of work in per game where he's hovered around that that 40 50 range or so Mm -hmm. and so i don't want to read too much into small sample theater uh with him and just a (laughs) a decent stretch of play so i i I, and and again you're you're right that that they uh, i'm kind of contradicting myself with with rudy but i think it's a little bit different i think that you know donovan mitchell's probably the alpha on that team he's going to want to score and keep his numbers up and play whereas I think you're dealing with a seven foot two, you know, defensive guy who they really need healthy. And, and, um, you know, so I think that that's really the the difference there. So I think, yeah, per game, no, but totals, I think that he could get there by, you know, you know, just, just staying right on the, you got him on the fringe basically is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, I'm a hundred percent with you on per game. He's never shown the ability to be a top 20 per game guy. And I think he, is ever so slightly behind where you have him in total. So I have him probably closer to 30-ish mm. totals as opposed to 20. So still better. I agree with you. I think he he plays more than the average games played number for these for fantasy players. So he'll probably clear that like 71, 72 game threshold. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, his per game numbers have never lent themselves to this magical early 20s guy other than when he plays 90% of his team's games. That's the the solo path to get him there. And I don't know that the story on DeAndre Ayton is all that different. I mean, last year he was 44 by averages, played in almost every damn ball game and finished at number 20 by totals. And they went to the finals. So I'm going to say no to both on DeAndre Ayton, even if he gets a little bit better per game, which he might, because it seems like he was kind of coming along a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't see a reason why he needs to play, nor should he 70. Well, I guess it'd be 80 basically out of 82 games this year. That team's going to be tired, man. Short off season. Probably. I'm a, I'm a no on both with him. Yeah, I'm fading. I'm in agreement. I'm fading that a bit. I, I just, I really do think that he could become a, a truly dominant rebounder in, in the league. And, you know, he averaged, I don't even know what he averaged. 10, like 11, ten and a half 12, last year. 10 yeah. and a half. Yeah. I think, he, I think he can kick that number up into high gear, 12, 13, if he really wanted to. But like you said, I just don't see why the Suns would need to grind him into dust. And um, so, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I just think the shortened offseason combined with, you know, uh, there's enough scoring and ability on this team between Chris Paul and and obviously Booker that uh, they're they're not going to need him to put in 20 a game. And I think that was – a little bit of the unfair expectations that he had last year was that, oh, he's going to make that leap and become this dominant 2010 guy. I mean, is it a possibility this year? Probably, yeah, maybe, but I, I, I'm not. I'm fading that for the same reason you are. I just, uh, they're going to take it easy on him. That's just what I suspect. Suns under actually is one of my more preferred season mm-hmm. win total bets. I think they're at 51 and a half when I checked it out about three weeks ago. Just, it's hard to come off a finals loss and have a short off season altogether. Yeah, they, they had a magical run last year. I think they rode high on the momentum of, of the bubble and they felt like, you know, Hey, we belong here. And just, um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, they're going to, you're f- right. The losing field the, the finals, that's, that's rough. There's always like that Super Bowl hangover mm-hmm. for the team that loses the big, the, the big one. I just, I wonder if that won't, won't affect the Suns the same way. They're going to be dragging. I think they're going to feel the dog days this coming year more than they did in this shortened season. So, okay, 
the point of all of that was the only names that we kind of agreed really could do it were like the first four, and those guys are generally going before the top twenty anyway. Right, right. We solved nothing. We, <laughs> yeah, we solved did nothing. Solve no, you wanted me to get angry. I'm angry. I wanted. To, we should have solved this problem. We solved nothing. Uh, what about some of these guys we, from later, though? What about like Michael Porter Jr., Chris Paul? Oh who we just God. fading he's the gonna, Suns. He's going to be the guy, isn't he? He might be. I don't know. I don't know. Like the other names here, Devin Booker. No, well, they certainly paid him like the guy. Yeah. Who could be a top twenty per game guy that we haven't talked about yet? Miles Turner was per game top twenty yeah, before he no, got that hurt. That he needed like four blocks a game to, to yep. get that. I, I Drew mean, Holiday was I, close. Kristaps. Yeah, I mean, but the per game on Kristaps, yeah. But are you really going to bet on him like in total? Right, and you're not taking him at twenty four. The whole point is, yeah. what the hell are we doing at twenty four? We're not going to take the guy pre ranked right. forty two. No, no, you're not even close. Yeah, oh, like God, like John Morant at forty one. No. Ingram, I, I, no, I, I don't know. No, no. yeah, the, the, it's the the only guy, and again, the, yeah, the, the two guys um, that could crack it. But again, you you really have to close your eyes and hope that everything breaks right. Is SGA and and, and Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah, and maybe Chris Paul, but who knows if he's going to stay healthy? Yeah. They, they're going to have to ease him. I, I, I know it's it's nice that, you know, for all of us who, you know, really enjoyed the point guard and was like, oh, man, just so you could only be healthy. And, you know, we wrote him off and now he's this durable guy. But he's 36, 37 years old at a certain point. Like you, you can't like keep trotting him out there. Oh, yeah. Night in and night out if you expect to compete in the playoffs or the, the way this league is set up. And again, even if you want Chris Paul you don't need to take him at 23. No. He'll he'll get back to you be six there. picks yep. later. Exactly. He'll probably get back to you 15 picks later with the way things are going this year. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, Josh, and you know, I feel free to, to tweak this a little bit. It, it feels like, and I hadn't done this exercise with anyone yet, but now having done it, well, I, think the, I think the answer is you just have to be okay taking a guy at 23 who has a per-game target of like, 28 and keep them healthy take someone durable who may does maybe doesn't have the per game mega upside but just won't ruin your team at that spot uh, yeah I, I think a lot of it is also your team build and and right yeah what you yeah and what you're what you've done in the first two rounds or so and and what kind of team you're you're putting together and you know, I, I, like who pairs well with whom, and and if you have a Carl Anthony Towns, for example, do, may, maybe Lamelo works with him. You know, and you take that risk there. If, um, you know, or uh, or if you have uh, uh, God, I'm like, yeah, that I mean, well, that's the Steph, only saving Steph and, grace. Stefan, yeah, that right, is really exactly. The only saving that's grace. the saving Steph, grace. Stefan, Rudy, and and you know, but or but if if you're taking. You know Giannis or Luca, and you're just like, man, I'm just going to commit to the punt. Yes, yeah, steer, say, steer into that, it, that, <laughs> and and that's not how I draft. I hate the punts, so yep. uh, you know it's it's really hard to shake that out. But you're, but yeah, you're going to have to just take a look and say, okay, um, if I do this, then I need to be prepared for why in the second round, and just this is these are my options. And if I go big, do I go, do I double up big? Do I go big, small? Do I, you know, chase this category, punt that category? 
it, it, you're going to have to just do a lot of, of mental gymnastics a lot earlier than you would have liked uh, just based on, on just what we talked about just now. Yeah, it's kind of why I think I hate drafting like third or fourth because you're not going to get Jokic, you're not going to get Steph most likely unless Luka and Giannis go first. Uh, and then you're going to be stuck with these guys we just talked about. End of second, beginning of third. You don't have the mega impact first rounder mm-hmm. to kind of wash out whatever you might have to to bite in the second or third round. Now, if you're towards the end of the first round, like we just talked about, you're eighth in the randomization. That's actually pretty good. You'll you'll probably have like someone it. like KD like or it. Tatum or Dame or Cat might be floating around for you there. Twelfth, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I might end up with Anthony Davis on my stupid team this you year. I, I don't mind Anthony Davis there. I think oh. if if you're going to make, I know it's like it's fraught with terror and just the fact that he probably only plays 65 games. But if he, you know, it decides well. I want to be a defensive player of the year again, or, you know, and if he's, if his percentages aren't like, you know, creepy all over again, just to, you know, you, you probably have the steal of the draft. The guy was other than last year, he's been the number one or number two guy. Like, yeah. it's, you know, I just know that we're, we're, we're exercising a lot of caution with Anthony Davis. And I think everyone's like, well, Westbrook's going to, have a million rebounds and stuff guys it's rebounds they'll figure it out like you know i I, i'm not overly concerned about that yeah and the other nice thing about being on the turn is you'll probably have choices like uh beal paul george uh vooch floating around you're there if you want to go that route i talked about bam and jimmy if you wanted to go there Mm -hmm. um there are options, and you don't have to worry about anybody getting grabbed in between. So not the worst thing in the world, but still, come on. I did my first on-podcast randomization, and I came up dead freaking dead last. last. Dead last. Um, Josh, we solved nothing today, but it was a true, it was a true pleasure. <laughs> when do we ever solve anything other than just me ranting and raving? That, oh. That's the solution to everything. Just let me yell. I like ranting and raving. This is fun. I could get used to that. Doing it myself, well, actually. Exercise. No, you do, do do that a lot. That's why you need me on as much as you can. So, so we ha- at least have like that outlet for each other. Go get a draft guide. Check out what Josh has been working on over at The Hoob. He is at Josh Millman on Twitter, one of my best buddies here in this fantasy industry. And someday, when we're all not walking vectors, Josh, <laughs> you and I are going to have to go get a drink together. Mr. Millman, thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Love it, as always. Oh my god! I always have such a blast with that dude. Oh, I'm glad he's he's got a little bit more time under his belt. This the last couple years, man, have been tough for all of us. And I know Josh had a lot of scheduling stuff. Kids, kids made this stretch harder. I'm not here to complain though. I'm just happy that Millman's got more time and and we get to hang out with him a little bit more. I know he did. Um, I think he did an episode of Pun Intended with our buddies Rhett Bauer and Travis Fuller, the Hoopball Dynasty podcast, talking about his Brooklyn Nets. So you guys can check that out as well. He is Josh Millman on Twitter. I am Dan Bespris on Twitter. And this show is brought to you by Manscaped.com and MyBookie.ag. Told you a lot about Manscaped this week. Forgot to tell you that MyBookie's got a $25 lock odds boost. Those of you that are listening to this show for a long time, I might need you to help me talk to newer listeners because what I'm about to say sounds completely nuts. But look, sports betting websites, because they're becoming so prevalent now, each one has to do something to get you coming back to theirs. 
We work with MyBookie.ag. They've been wonderful for us. They uh, do crypto in and out, which makes transactions really fast. And that's, I know for me personally, I'll just talk, speak to my own experience with offshore books. I, I've been doing this for a long time, as Dan admits to probably doing a crime. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, even recent, as recently as like seven or eight years ago, you needed to like send four forms of ID and why and and things would come by wire transfer maybe they might show up like six weeks later and i never fully trusted that so ultimately a lot of the time i would just leave my money in those accounts like in perpetuity and hopefully i would continue to grow it and i'm sure at some point along the way like remember bodog that joint went under and then became pavada and i think i lost an account in that that was disastrous that's why I really like doing stuff uh, with Bitcoin here. I, I don't know much about it. I do know that I've been able to get money out of my bookie in a day and a half. And that's just a new way for offshores to operate. So all that said, because there's so many and because things are so easy now, they have to keep you coming back. And one thing that my bookie does is they have these odds boosts or locks of the season. And they've got one for hockey, which you guys know, I don't know the first flying bleeping bleep about hockey all i know is that the bet is 25 dollars maximum because they don't want to just give away all of their money and it's if anyone scores in the uh kraken golden knights game you win i think it's normally like a minus 400 or 500 wager and it's even money it might even be more than that it might be like minus a thousand and right now it's even money that's their odds boost so i did it two days ago already i forgot to mention on yesterday's podcast if you don't have a MyBookie account, when you sign up, please use promo code HOOPBALL on the third page of sign up. It's basically asking how you heard about them. And I'll remind you of these all season long. Listen, I've been so busy with childcare and pandemic stuff over the last year and a half that most of the bets I've made at these websites at MyBookie have been odds boost bets. And over the last 14 months, I believe we've made about $550 just on their odds boost wagers. I made another couple hundred on my season win totals last year because those leans went 22 and 8, and my Kings bet last season was the big one, and that hit. But look, you don't even have to do all that stuff. If you just bet odds boosts and like put two bucks on other stuff here and there just for fun, you'll end up up money without knowing squat. You can also follow our free stuff over at Hoopball Gaming. But here's the thing. I'm here to win you guys money in fantasy, but I'm also here to tell you when a website is literally giving you money just to visit them. And I know it sounds made up. I know it sounds fake. It sounds like there's a catch. There isn't. This is a real bet. No rollover. It's not promo bucks. You put 25 of your own dollars on it, and you will win an additional $25. You will put a money out and double that will come back to you. That game is on the 12th, by the way, so I have a few more shows I can remind you about. Actually, five more, because we're doing a show every single damn day. Thank you for listening, everybody. Go get free money. Please follow me on Twitter, at Dan Bespris. Rate and review the pod. Subscribe. Back at you tomorrow, Friday show. Oh, man, I forgot about how amazing tomorrow's show is going to be. Tomorrow's show, Friday, very special episode of Fantasy NBA Today. We'll have Dr. A and Aaron Bruski on together legends of fantasy talking about whatever the hell they want drafts fantasy uh memorabilia memories 
I don't know. I'm just so excited to actually host that pod that I don't even care what comes up. This was Fantasy NBA Today. This was Thursday. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. So long, everybody. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.